I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show, with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. Actually, there's a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay. No, no, no. We're going to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the Dinner Party Show's live cast for June 1st, 2014. And tonight, we will not be talking about thrice-divorced Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi, oh. who asserted in court documents last week that the state of Florida has a legitimate interest in maintaining marriage as a bond between a man and a woman, and not, for example, really? ridding the Everglades of its Burmese python infestation, Ugh. which is the type of thing Florida residents like Bondi might actually be able to do something about if they learned how to mind their own fucking business and stop getting divorced. But given that Florida is currently leading the country in humidity and preventing Americans from voting, we won't be talking about any of them except for party people, Amy Bellino and Henry O and anyone else who listens to the show who might be from Florida. We love you, just not your attorney general. We here at the dinner party show were shocked and saddened to learn that May was Masturbation Month, <gasps> and we didn't make any mention of that fact on this show during the actual month. <gasps> we apologize for this lapse, and we encourage you to take time for some brief but intense celebration mm. in recognition of this important observance. Mm. We at The Dinner Party Show raise our hands and pledge to do a better job next year of giving this singular month of personal observant and festivity the individual attention it truly deserves. <laughs> 
So, while we are not talking about masturbation now, know that we are thinking about it and planning for it in the upcoming year. And evening. We were also shocked (laughs) and saddened to learn that this past Friday was National Donut Day, (gasps) and we failed to make mention of it on our previous show. Oh, no. Then we were relieved when we learned it's a benefit for the Salvation Army, which still insists on doing marginally shitty things to gay people. Fuck off. So we're not talking about National Donut Day, Hmm. but we probably will talk about donuts, because we always do. And just so you know, Wikipedia defines a donut as the following, quote, an edible torus-shaped piece of dough, that's T-O-R-U-S, shaped piece of dough, which is deep fried and sweetened. We'll be talking about what, what Taurus that means is. on tonight's show, but, yeah, right? but, but not, not National the Donut Day. Okay. Not National yeah. Donut Day. <laughs> okay. All we have to say is they are married. Oh, we don't care who didn't attend or why, though we salute them. And now, dear God, please, we beg you, stop talking about their wedding, their diets, their siblings, their appearance, their clothes, or lack thereof, their homes, their cars, or their hideous, meritless behavior and wasted lives. Mm -hmm. Please, please move on. Mm -hmm. There were actually famous people doing real, important, interesting, and artistic things in the world. Mm -hmm. We know that these shameless media whores make themselves easily and constantly available to you in the paparazzi, Mm -hmm. but we believe that if you stop providing constant free coverage Mm -hmm. to reality television programming and the talentless hacks that produce and star in it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and instead focus on covering actual entertainment, there might be more of it and less of these awful people. Yes. Extra, ET, Access, E, Today, GMA, The View, Babs, The Evening News, all award show invitation list makers, and yes, even the hosts of the Correspondence Dinner and all the rest, we're begging you here, just like global warming, this global decline in actual entertainment and entertainment reporting is man-made, and you are the key to saving us all. Ignore them, and they will go away. We here at the dinner party are happy and proud to take the lead by not talking about them. Amen, sister. Who liked Crossbones on Eh. NBC? We didn't, and that's why we're not talking about it. Finally, insert cliched, self-serving, hat-tossing graduation montage here. We will spare you our thoughts on the topic and offer graduates our best dinner party show wishes and sincerest congratulations for your achievement. As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And who was that guy that was just talking? Was that our good friend Skip Erickson who recorded all our promos? really was. What a great guy he is. And he's on everything. And and when the commercials that he's not the voiceover announcer on, they've hired the Skip Erickson. Oh, it's Ethan. The Ethan Erickson. Sorry, Ethan. That's right. I'm supposed to call him Ethan. The Ethan Erickson. Get me an Ethan. Sound-alike guy to uh, to do the voiceover for me. And I'm constantly like, I will frequently be like in the kitchen or whatever, and the TV will be on in the background, and I'll think, oh, it's Skip. I mean, Ethan. Ethan. I mean, Ethan. Ethan. And then um, uh, sometimes, but more and more frequently, it's like, oh, it's not. It's a cheap knockoff imitation. So let's talk about what I'm wearing right now. I just figure since we're already there, or we're not there. 
Christopher is wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat and I'm wearing my gym clothes. Do you know why? Because we have no guest in the studio this evening. Do you know why we have no guest in the studio this evening? Because everybody hates you? No, because you're scary and they won't come on the show because they know you ask the tough questions. Everybody hates me. We, our guests tonight, are out there in the dark or in the light if they're on the West Coast because it's actually still light here. We do the show from West Hollywood, if you haven't heard us say it 5,000 times. Tonight is You Are the Guest. Tonight, our listeners are our guests here wow. on the dinner party wow, that, show. That was quite a workaround I, there, Christopher. <laughs> I had no idea. Some people going. call are it. You guys, are you guys as surprised as I am? I had no idea that's where that was headed. Some people call it a reach around, but so, you can call it a workaround. So the, the, the show that, that where you're the guest, just so you know, is really still all about Christopher <laughs> and his hat. I decided that tonight our radio show would basically just be a pit stop on the way to the gym. So I'm already wearing my workout clothes because as soon as we wrap up here, I am going to go back to the gym and try to get rid of some more of my trip to New Orleans because I ate every fried shrimp and dessert in the greater New Orleans area when I was there for the Romantic Times Do they conference. have fried dessert now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure something in the dessert. One of the desserts I had was fried. Oh, beignets are fried. Beignets are, yeah. of course, fried. Absolutely. Of course they are. I had beignets. Yes, I guess. I, I, I don't really think... Think of beignet and donuts as dessert. They're more I sort like of like that you call them beignet. The plural of beignet is beignet. <laughs> you are so French. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> French Eric. Francophone Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give this some context since I've talked about me so much. You finished an edit on a book that you've been working on for almost a year, maybe two years, intermittently now, yesterday. So you're crazy. You're, you're, you come am, to do the I'm show, exhausted. you're exhausted. I'm crazy, and I think I'm actually coming down with something. So it's because you all mean so much to me that I've dragged my carcass up the hill and parked it in this chair. But, and it's a very loud carcass, let but me yeah, assure you. I, yeah, it's making yes. all kinds of interesting noises. Tonight. I heard a little stomach <laughs> joining in during the not report. Is that what little, that was? There's a little something extra in tonight's not report for yes. everybody back at home. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I try and be a better host than this, but Christopher's dressed like a pig. And I look like one. So. I'm dressed like a svelte <laughs> yoga instructor. I got my LA Dodgers baseball cap on. I've got my matching blue. So, uh, so how many pants. LA Dodgers games have you been to, Christopher? I've been to two, one and a half, I think. I dated a guy who was a big Dodgers fan, and I went with him and his fraternity, which may sound like the beginning of a porn film, and let me guarantee you it was not. It was the beginning of almost getting thrown out of Dodger Stadium because they were throwing peanuts at people because they were so drunk and unruly. That's lovely. And wasn't there some on-field appearance? <laughs> that was a different Dodgers game with oh. the same guy. I was, I was, uh, he was worked for a city official here in West Hollywood, and he went to represent the guy on the field. This is a boring story. Why did you set this up? You're just winging it tonight. You're just trying to make me talk. I'm sorry. You brought up your hat and your outfit for the second time. People, I'm trying to do anything. People in radio like a personal connection to the assholes who won't shut up. That's the that's the whole point of radio. They want to know about us and what we're wearing. Well, they do now. So <laughs> do you want to tell them again? Or can... well, Welcome to the dinner party show. We're, in, we're looking for a new co-host here on the dinner party show. Oh, thank God. Samiko Salson, get your butt down to Southern California. We're going to put you in the chair. Uh, okay, so we, we opened up our party line, which if you don't know is 323-PEZ-TDPS, and that is we will take any message you want to give us. We may not play it on the show. But, but we'll... we're always delighted to hear from you, and we do hear every single message that gets left. And some of them are interesting. 
they're all interesting, <laughs> but some of them are interesting in that way that you say things are interesting when you're really trying just to be nice about something that's just... Some of you people are cray-cray, okay? Some of you are crazy. And we love that about you. Don't get us wrong. Don't. No, we are, we are not normal. We no, are not normal here. There's not the a normal bone show. in our bodies, and this is not a normal outfit. So. Um, we have, As always, we have many listeners joining us from uh, through our Facebook page, and Shea Butters is on the page, as always, moderating with all you crazy folks and making sure that the Facebook... That none of you violate Facebook's terms of service or TOS as they're called. Oh God, really? you learn is that, that a stuff possibility? when you post a nearly nude selfie, which I don't know who's ever done that. You you learn what the terms of service on Facebook. Facebook are. got in touch with you about no your selfie, but people brought it up because apparently a bare butt is too much for Facebook, which my selfie did not include because I'm a serious artist. But because he was facing the other way, <laughs> because there was no mirror behind me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Greg Wilkie says he didn't know about National Masturbation Month, but he observed it anyway. Godspeed, Greg. We you know, all should. I think that's a, I think that's probably going to be a common sentiment throughout. So we have a message from the party line. Let's see who this is from. It looks like it's from one of our beloved regulars. Hi, this is Amy from Miami Beach. I just wanted to call and say Happy Gay Pride Month to my lesbian mother, and thanks for sending me to that community college class so I could learn how to do my own hair and makeup since you didn't really have a clue how to help me in that department. And I also wanted to wish a Happy Gay Pride Month to my favorite Uncle Bill, who recognized early on that I hated wearing my big brother's hand-me-downs and being mistaken for a little boy. Uh-huh. Thanks for always knowing what was in fashion, what was in style, mm-hmm. and buying me fancy clothes and fancy shoes for my birthday. And thanks for the fur coat, because, you know, every eight-year-old girl really needs to have a chinchilla fur coat to wear to elementary school. Absolutely. Totally. Anyway, happy Gay Pride Month to everybody out there. Bye. Thank you, Amy. Happy Gay Pride. Yeah, I totally, when I listened to this, I thought Eric Shaw Quinn's eight-year-old daughter would totally be going to school in a fur coat. Totally. And Amy, do you not have any straight relatives? <laughs> it, it sounds like you don't. And I, I think, think that's great. I think yeah. it's really cool. I don't think I have any gay relatives. I think I'm it. I don't really have a lot of gay relatives. My mom is a gay man in a straight that, woman's what is, body. What does that mean? Don't don't really have a lot. How do we define you that? You don't know in certain parts of the at country. At what point, what, what threshold? Is it a percentage? I got rid of a lot of relatives. No. I just said, clear these people. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. Christmas is too big. I don't think they're really cousins. I think they just showed you up because the interview with the vampire made a lot of money at the box out. office. So I had them all throw them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I, I don't actually have a lot of gay relatives. And I, I always think this too. Um, I, I keep waiting through the miracle of social media to discover that more people I went to high school with turn out to be gay. Because if the one in ten figure is really accurate, there are a lot of people who didn't come out. I actually think there may be more than that. I actually think that a lot of people who might have been gay were presented with only the sort of stereotype view of what it is to be gay. And we're like, yeah, that doesn't really seem like me. Mm. I'm really looking forward to, as we become more mainstreamed, to you know, people being presented with the option of being gay any way that they feel like that's how they should be, you mm-hmm. know, being the gay guy who, I don't know, works at the gas station or whatever. You know, not everybody's going to be a hairdresser or in fashion or one of the yeah, absolutely the Fab Five. Absolutely, I think we're already seeing that. I think we're, you're not seeing it with either of us. But I wonder if it's going to be because we're too. If it's queens. going, if there's actually going to be a higher percentage of oh yeah, the percentage right. is going to turn out to be higher than just ten percent because people are like, oh well, I can still be whoever I am and be gay. Oh well, then fine. Absolutely, I don't have to go do that nonsense. I don't have to change my mud flaps at all. Right. All right, we have an what. 
I don't know what this is about. This is another what's voicemail. What's on your mud flaps? It's on, what's on this guy's mud flaps or girl? I don't know what this message is about. Let's see. Hold on. Huh. Hello, this is Carol Channing, and I just wanted to say to you that I am a most devoted listener to the dinner party show, and I really enjoyed when Christopher Rock read that very risque and rather lazy excerpt from his mother's work. Yeah. The cleaning of sleeping beauty. Oh dear. Oh, so that's why I wanted to continue reading it for oh, him no. to hopefully inspire oh, no. him. You possibly read it. At least it's not you, Well, hopefully no. it's not so hot that my big, my big lips don't fall off. Oh, <laughs> Her dress was laid open to the ham, okay. and he folded it back. And look at her. Okay. Her nipples were a rosy pink. Okay. And were her lips and uh, the hair between her legs. I, dark, yeah, no. Dark, not dark, but darkly okay. yellow. Let, let's cut and it girl. off. Let's, thank you. That's enough. Hair between her legs. Like, if I couldn't get through pubis, you think I'm going to get through hair between her legs? Like, I, but I think you could say it five or six more times. Hair between her legs. Okay, <laughs> stop it. You're you're just using, you're doing a reach around on me. You're doing a reach around. This is the night of reach around. Listen, Linda. Linda, listen. Listen, Linda. Can you find it? I listen, can't find Linda. it. We have so many goddamn hotkeys on this show. I have literally, if you're listening to us from home, because where the fuck else would you be listening to us? <laughs> We have a computer on the table and our Actually, otherwise. People uh, could be listening to us from anywhere. We're available on free mobile apps. Anywhere people want to listen, 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 you. listen, Linda, listen. Well, that was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> and our new co-host is Amy Bellino. Amy Bellino, get yourself on a plane. You're now the other half of the dinner party show until Eric Shaw Quinn feels better. All right. Well, we've got plenty more tomfoolery coming. We have a word from one of our completely ludicrous and fake sponsors, and then we'll be back here with more of your messages and your strong suggestions for topics on our Facebook page. And some further discussion of what Christopher is wearing. Do you or someone you know have a problem with yoga? Are you ignoring complaints from your loved ones that you always smell of shampa? Are you showing up late to meet friends for lunch and demanding the restaurant employees make a special place just for your mat? Do you find yourself giving long, unsolicited lectures to your elderly relatives about how their diagnosed physical ailments are all being caused by problems in their mind? If any of this sounds like a description of you or someone you care about, then the Loster Posture Institute is here to help. Our trained specialists have years of experience helping those whose genuine investment in their own good health has turned them into hopelessly superior douchebags. Our Truth Acquaintance Seminars educate patients on the actual biological origins of most fatal diseases and demonstrate that the only real dangerous negative thoughts in their lives are the fantasies of murder that go through the minds of everyone in their presence when they won't shut up about yoga. Many Americans can practice yoga responsibly, but for the millions who can't, the Loster Posture Institute is here to help. Our unique, private facilities are decorated entirely off-center with uneven floors and missing light fixtures. 
This is just one of the many proven ways we divorce our patients from the unrealistic expectation that perfect balance and alignment can be achieved by listening to some superior struggling actor once a day. So if your life or the life of someone you loved has done a downward dog right into the gutter, don't wait. Call the Loster Posture Institute today. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm your host, Christopher Rice, and our co-host, Amy Bellino, is... Oh, I'm sorry. Eric, you're still here. I thought you'd gone home to take a nap. Hi, I'm Eric Shaw I'm just still reeling from that hard-hitting spot about, you know, a lot of people... And in the long, straight hair, oh, the head, my God. which colored her arms, and How the down to on the other side of How did Carol get back he in He cut here? the sleeves away, lifting her ever so gently to free Is the he cloth. Is still reading into her voice? Raised berries in the weed of her hair seemed to pull her head down over his arm. He seems to have five accents, whoever he is. A little bit you know, Carol has kind of so all over the map. Oh, my. <laughs> he removed his heavy armor. And then he lifted her okay. again. Okay. Oh, my. Okay. Thank you. Seriously? Did you plan that? Are you going to keep playing that guy's message? I'm not even capable of clicking on Listen, Linda from <laughs> over here. Listen, Linda. Listen. Listen. And we also have this. And then remember this. Let's Wow. What was that? Wow. Oh, my God. That was a campaign to get people in India to shit in the toilet. Oh, and, and that you went, one. You, you went crazy about that. We did, like, a whole show about the Poo to the Loo campaign. Oh, you could not stop. Poo to the Loo. I just thought that was the weirdest fucking... But the thing that was so striking about it was that it was actually a real problem that they were dealing with. Every... Um, so often we have elections here in the little town of West Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And... You know, it's a small town. There's very little going on. There's a lot of restaurants and hotels here and a lot of apartment buildings and some retail. And that's kind of it. But when they campaign, they have like foreign policy initiatives and <laughs> global um, <laughs> pollution planning schemes. We are, and- we are literally one square mile of Los Angeles, I think. And everyone wants to talk about traffic, which, as you always point out, is you're going to have to talk to the rest of Los Angeles right. because that's where the fucking traffic Unless is coming from. Unless we build walls around West Hollywood, yeah. what are you going to do about traffic? Parking? Now, I would love it if they would talk about parking. And they're building parking lots. They're building parking lots right down from our studio. Can I tell you a story about West Hollywood? A park- Parking story? It's not really a parking story. Oh, that's story. good. I'm so relieved. Okay, I have a view of our studio from my apartment. You can see our I studio from kind, your house? I can see the roof line of our studio. And last night at about, I want to say 1.45 in the morning, or maybe 2 in the morning, there was an eruption of fire trucks in this immediate That's vicinity. like a pride of larks? <laughs> an eruption of fire trucks. A murder of crows. Right. An eruption of fire trucks. And I could see a column of smoke moving across the neighborhood from the direction of this building. And I thought, there's really not a big chance that our studio is on fire, but it's two in the morning. I'm already in my pajamas. The only thing I could do would be to walk several blocks to this area. <laughs> So I did the whole debate in my head. I didn't call you because I knew you'd finish your book. So I went on social media and I posted 
I see a fire in the vicinity of, you know, and I gave the general area. <laughs> and nobody, nobody said anything. Not anybody in West Hollywood. So literally today, when you came over here to turn the air conditioning on, I had the thought, oh, thank God the studio, I guess, didn't burn down last night. My favorite part of the story is that my house is in the same direction <laughs> as the studio. And Christopher's concern was for the studio and tell. not my house burning down. I could tell it wasn't. No, it was blowing in a different direction. It wasn't your house. I knew I you'd call if it was your house. Christopher, the house is on fire. I don't know what this is about, but call somebody. Get my chinchilla coat. The house yeah. is on fire. And then this morning, other people who lived in the neighborhood saw my post and were emailing me, do you have any? Okay, one other person. Do you have any information about the fire? And I was like, oh, the fire. Oh, the fire. Right. I wonder if our studio burned down. <laughs> oh, so that's why you didn't want to be the one to turn on the no, air conditioner No, no, that's not why. That's not why. I didn't want to be the one because I wasn't actually coming over here. But when you said that, I remembered. I, I, this is, I'm just stopping off on the way to the gym tonight. I thought I made that clear. <laughs> I see. We're. I hope we're not bothering you too much, Christopher. Uh, Maybe I'm, Amy Bellino and I should be the co-hosts of the show. I'll just start fires. I'll put out fires as you as you will, or not? Because I'll be the in my view. Pajama. It could be Amy and Samika yes. and me, and I think I should be the person they hire to be the next person, the Barbara's replacement on the View. Don't you? think? I think that would be really exciting. I think that would be great. I, I think I'll move to France. And I have go be on American. I television. haven't thought about that before now, but I really I think I should be. I. I Okay. The, the new host sure. on the the fifth or sixth wheel or whatever. J- just on. as long as you have me on when I publish my erotic romance, which will be out in November. Oh, I don't see how we could possibly resist. I'm, yeah, absolutely. And we could get Carol Channing to come by and Who do, is that? do a reading. Who is that leaving that voicemail? I have on, no I idea. We're, we're not very picky about who leaves messages <laughs> on our 323 <laughs> T- PES TDPS. It's almost like we made it uh, up. Party line. Um, so, yeah, it could be just about anybody. I, I'm actually surprised that people have been as well-behaved as they have been about us broadcasting out a phone number and inviting people to just call it and leave recordings. Well, the first thing we did was basically invite people to do what they would usually do if they were trying to abuse the privilege, which was ask us the most inappropriate question they could think of. That was our very first contest. And the podcast of that episode is available on our show archive. But anyway, and so I think they got it all out of their system because we had people who, in the spirit of that contest, on a regular party line or a regular phone line would have been like, should we call the FBI? Because this guy's asking about my dick. Is, do you call the FBI when people ask about your dick? Is that how that works? Yeah, FBI. <laughs> somebody, J. Edgar. J. Edgar. Ask me about my dick. <laughs> Please send somebody to the it's house. So inappropriate. So inappropriate. All right. Uh, how much time do we have left in this segment? How much time before Eric gets to go home? I thought that was in the next segment. Oh, we look at this. We have another another voicemail from Speaking a regular Speaking of the party, party line, what a segue. Let's see who this You're is You're such from. a radio aesthete, Christopher. Hey, guys. This is Mike from Chicago. Hey, I'm Mike. just wondering how come you two have never done anything that's got you on TMZ? I mean, if you want publicity for your show, wouldn't that be the thing to do? Or maybe release a sex tape. What? I can totally see Christopher chasing Dick Cheney down the street. Dick anyway, Cheney? have a good day. Why do you go to Dick Cheney? I think you should release a sex tape of of Morgan humping cotton. <laughs> they don't do that shit. My cats aren't like that. My cats don't do that shit, Eric. Oh, cotton my is cats. the gayest cat. They just lick cotton, each other's buttholes. Cotton once went, well, that would count as a sex tape. <laughs> cotton once, Christopher took cotton to the vet, ah. and the vet was going to take 
the kitty's temperature, and they don't stick it under their tongue. No, they stick it up their butt. And so the the the, the vet was uh, taking the move, and Cotton backed up and onto... sat down on the thermometer and got comfortable. <laughs> and the vet literally went, "Oh, I've never seen them do that before." <laughs> Christopher has the gayest cat. I, I was in like, West "That Hollywood. is that's the gayest cat I've ever seen." Yeah. Well, my mom bought the cat. I, like, is there any shock? It turned out gay. The only thing she's your mom. Yeah, she's my mom. <laughs> she turns people gay. Look at me. Let's raise our kid in the Castro. Uh, anyway, so did she send you to community college to learn how to that, do your hair? No, that was pretty great. I love that. That was pretty, pretty, pretty great. All That's right, we're really going to take excellent. another short break. Eric suggested a weird, obscure song again this week, which we have to oh, play now. This is one of my favorite songs. We don't have to. We could skip it. Let's play more Kasha. Would, every, would everybody like to hear my song? I'm sure they would, because they're always on your yeah! side. See, I, I thought so. I could hear Samiko and Amy in there. Yeah. I yeah. Thanks, Samiko. Thanks, Amy, and all the rest from Eric and the View. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Plastic Eric. Was the name of the artist that sang that song? Plastic Bertrand. And what was the thing you said to me during the break about that song? Wasn't that a great song? No, you said something more. <laughs> you got to stop blowing your best material during the break. Oh, I said, that's what all songs sounded like when I was in college. Three chords, incomprehensible words, being sung as fast as they could by a group of people speeding their young lives away. Uh, there's a CNN special on, it's actually a special 10-part series called The 60s. Have you seen it? <laughs> Just realizing what I walked into. You were not in college in the 60s. You were a little boy. Okay. Uh, could somebody bring me a weapon? Amy Bellino, are you here yet to take over one half of the dinner party show? For Christopher? Because he'll be dead in a few minutes. Uh, what was the thing where you got so upset? I said, I, yeah, I think it was the 50th anniversary of Jaws recently. And well, you were like, calm the fuck down. 75th or something. Calm the fuck down, I yeah. think you said in that Eric Shaw Quinn voice. Okay, so our comments about reach arounds have our party people wondering if our relationship has gone to a new level it is not it is at the same level it's always been at which is fine and as i like to say if you're a tall british crime solver Henry cavill if you're listening i'm available he, eric is available and uh i'm not gonna say what i'm available for because it gets me mocked and ridiculed and that's enough Okay. Pocket gaze everywhere. I like pocket gaze. still I single. Did, I, I'm in, incredibly tall, and I like pocket gaze. And I did inquire to see if there was a pocket gay conference because I was flirting with some little Comic Con guy, and I, I he was he, I think he was asking me if I was going to go. There are all these fucking cons: Wonder Con, Dragon Con, Tampon yeah. Con. So many gay cons. Yeah. yeah so I, so I was so. like, you pocket should con, start it. Pocket gay con. It, well, it'll I, when I get a pool, it'll be called my pool if I'm still single. I think that sounds fine. But you could start the 
the conferences away. I had a friend who was really fond of younger men, and so he got a job checking IDs at the door of a local <laughs> bar. I mean, I thought it was genius. <laughs> I don't need them to be younger. I just like them to be small. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, I like little angry so start, cherubs. You should sort of start mini gay con, and you could, you know, have mini your gay pick. Con. Yeah, and we'll have panels on. <laughs> What the fuck would we have panels on? Tiny fashion. <laughs> Tiny fashion. <laughs> when is a fanny pack the size of your entire right? waist? Yeah. All right. Well. Footwear. It doesn't mean anything. And stop bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if y'all are having fun, but we are here at the dinner we party We always show. do. And especially when you all are the guests of honor. We've got... Um, do we, we have a, a, another phone-in message? We do. We have another phone-in message from one of our most original and beloved party people, Samiko Salson. Hi, this is Samiko Salson, and um, it's been a while. Um, so Maya Angelou passed away this week, and I thought I would call and leave a quote on your phone um, that she said this about writing. She said, there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. And um, I think that's brilliant. I think that sometimes we tell our stories because we don't really have a choice and it's too painful not to. So that's what I wanted to tell you today. Bye. Thank you, Samiko. I, you know, it's interesting as somebody who does fiction, which is really what I do. I, I feel like you're telling the same three important personal stories over and over and over again. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I just mean like. You, you're she, Maya Angelou was a lot about memoir and poetry, and so there was a narrative, a personal narrative there that I think she felt she had to let go of. But for a fiction writer, you're almost revisiting your own personal narrative over and over again, which I think is not necessarily more gratifying than anything she did, but it is gratifying in that way because also you have permission in fiction to give it the ending you would like it to have or something close to it. I yeah i i I think that you. You you move through the story. I think that while it may be the same components of like we had a really interesting. I've just finished this my new murder mystery, mm-hmm. and I was working on it at the time that um, Patricia Cornwell Cornwell Our, came to yes. came to visit us, and we had a chance to talk with her after the show. And I was saying, did she have any advice? And she said, write about the thing that you're most afraid of. Mm-hmm. Right? What's the thing that scares you the most? Write about that. Yeah, and. I had the occasion to be reading back through the book and it was already there. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really have to consciously put it in the book, but I I think that part of what happens is for me anyway as a writer is that I move through the story. Like I may even move past the story at some point and the writing of it is the way that I move past. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Like I begin to have endings and solutions and different feelings about the story and then at some point I get to the other side and maybe I write about something else mm-hmm. even the process of this this novel that I've just finished which I've worked on over a long period of time I wrote it once and then what I actually was just just finished doing was a complete rewrite of it um a lot of my feelings about what the book was initially about had so completely changed right. by this part of the this point in the story that that it had moved that the whole narrative had moved to a new location. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that's a that's a really I love that quote. I hadn't heard mm-hmm. that one before, but 
Um, I, I really like it. And and Samiko, we love hearing from you. And uh, speak directly into the phone. Yeah, speak to. <laughs> we love you. We sometimes have trouble hearing what you're saying on our party line, Samiko. And we love having you as a regular part of the show. So just turn up the so, volume yeah, we, on that. So yeah, Brandon Brandon worked on that to make it yeah. to make it a little clearer. But yeah, if you could like, you know. Um, on the, Yell right into that receiver. Girl. On the subject of Maya Angelou, there was a bit of controversy this week because the, as long as we have the internet, there will be a bit of controversy about everything. But there apparently, th- there were several blogs that were blogs kind of operated by sex workers who lead a sort of sex positive embrace of sex work and believe it should not be shamed and stigmatized. Pointed out that a lot of the coverage of her passing was scrubbing the fact that Maya Angelou worked as a sex worker and was very really? open about it. She ran a brothel in San Diego and herself worked as a prostitute and wrote about it and spoke about it huh. and said she had no shame about it. And I guess what they were taking exception to was the shame of others being imposed on her obituary and sort of excising that part. One of the arguments that I saw expressed, which I thought was fascinating, was that when you remove narratives which detail somebody briefly working in sex work and then moving on to have a productive and healthy life, you're just sort of reinforcing that stigma around sex work that is this giant vortex of addiction and abuse that nobody can ever get out of once they step into it. It it sort of takes the shame out of it, if you will. Like when somebody is a sex worker at the beginning of their life and then becomes poet laureate later. (laughs) It's like, was there anything intrinsic in sex work that damaged them or destroyed them or hindered their ability to be an evolved person? I think it was an interesting discussion. Now, of course... As soon as I hear one blog saying that this has been scrubbed, I do a search for this topic, and there are ten blog entries about it, which is a testament so to the strangeness. It's not really of, being scrubbed. Yeah, it's not. What really do you think of this this whole European trend, the the fight that they've had with Google about removing your history from the internet? I think okay, at the core of it is what we always talk about, or what I always talk about when we come up on the subject, which is where does the responsibility lie for information that's posted on the internet? Does it lie with the individual who posted it, or does it lie with the service provider? And I. I believe it should lie in some sense with the service provider, and that's what this ruling does. This ruling says to Google, you have to have an internal review process that is examining problematic pieces of information that you are hosting about individuals. That said, it is a little frightening with people because you're hearing in the New York Times coverage, at least, they're talking about people simply removing stuff that they've done. That's kind of criminal. That is, uh, yeah, you know, unflattering. Apparently, one of the first people to apply was somebody who had been convicted of um, molesting children. Really? Yeah. That I didn't hear. Yeah, like, I saw the, and it's sort of like, okay, well, I don't really want that removed. Yeah, it's a very, but apparently, I, I, I don't even know how it would be possible because it's such an echo chamber. You mm-hmm. know, once it hits the internet, it rolls and rolls and rolls. I, if you if you ever Google yourself, it's interesting to see the way in which which things that have happened in your life reverberate through other people's right. and narratives and stories. What and- could Google do short of sending out some sort of algorithm that r- either briefly or permanently removed every mention of you from their from the Internet or from their searches, at least? I mean, like... I don't under. I, I, maybe I, I don't work in algorithms, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's a. Compromise, I'm not even but, entirely sure what an algorithm is. It's yeah, one of those terms that new people bandy right. around, and I don't actually have any concept. I'm, I'm going to start saying fear the algorithm, right? Fear Might the as well, algorithm. or maybe we don't fear the algorithm. That song, don't yeah. fear the reaper. Anyway, I yeah, I I do. I I would love the idea if there was somebody at 
any or all of the inter- giant internet providers in the world that you could actually call to ask questions right. of. Like, I think they should be required to do that. I think I have the feeling that they're these huge entities where nobody actually works. Yeah. I, well, I mean, like, where the major like call decisions— call Amazon on the phone. Go ahead. I dare you. The major decisions are literally being made by computers. I mean, that's that's a lot of what's happening with Amazon. When a big problem happens at Amazon, Fear they the have to go in then. and they have to check that algorithm. I don't know if they know, you know. I don't. Anyway, it's—yeah. Well, speaking of information from the Internet, we have a lot of questions from our Facebook page, from our fans. Uh, happy almost birthday, Sharon. We have two birthdays. Sharon Haas is going to be— on June 4th, and also Sarah McDonald, I believe, is turning. Is today or is her birthday? June 1st, and she does not say how old she is turning because it's very sensible. Business. Because once you put it on the internet, honey, there's no getting away from it unless you move to Europe, apparently. <laughs> That's a European cat that we have on our computer there. Uh, so, yes, we also, <laughs> Gary Swafford, who is a loyal party person and very supportive, posted a link to an advocate story. That's, I believe, the advocate in Louisiana, or maybe it's the gay and lesbian news magazine. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you thought that was so funny. I love that that's, but that is true. There's the, the Baton Rouge one, and then there's the big And the gay Baton one. Rouge Advocate, for a time at least, was the only daily newspaper, major newspaper in Louisiana. The Times Picayune in New Orleans stopped printing every day. I think they've since <laughs> Some, corrected they that. They couldn't find the key. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> we were at Pat O'Brien's, we lost the key. We're out of, we're out of ink. We print some <laughs> and the ink gets here. The roads from Blackman Paris were washed out again in yeah. the rainstorm. And we will we'll get some ink in here soon. Shall I have, have some more to <laughs> Anyway, Robert Kamina is a documentary filmmaker. He is putting together funding for distribution for a documentary called The Upstairs Inferno. It's about the largest gay mass murder in U.S. history. Uh, when an arsonist set fire to the upstairs lounge in New Orleans in 1973, and it killed 32 people. It's God. a horrible story. And I don't really, I have to say, I was not aware of that. That's yeah. a long, that's long enough ago. That, yeah, a horrible story. That, but I, it, that I was, uh, that was off my radar. I did, that's a, yeah, God, what a tragedy. Yeah. How wonderful that we're, that the world is not better, but getting better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Lisa Dye would like to know if my later novels will be made into some type of audio version. Yes, my next novel, uh, we don't have all the information on it yet, but we know it will be published in October, and there will be an audiobook version, as there was not with my last novel, The Heavens Rise, for reasons. But we're, we're going to have Carol Channing um, we're have call the Carol Channing. TDPS Pez, and, or Pez TDPS, and, and read us. Christopher's latest book. <clears throat> when Shea Butters asked our party people to set the menu, Eileen Turns had this to say. Some empanadas, beef, my kind of salad. My salad consists of any two to three different lettuces, tomatoes, cucumber, radishes, palmito, heart of palm is apparently what palmito is, some baby corns, wash off the salt, Eric Shockwin, beets, wash off the salt from the beets too, beets have salt apparently, watercress and shredded cabbage. Very literal, Eileen Turns. That was her contribution to You're the Guest. I see. That's uh, very, it's sort of poetry. It's very it sort of practical, pragmatic poetry from what, Mexican from food Eileen? haiku, Mexican yes. cuisine haiku. Thank yeah, you, well, Eileen Turns. Empanadas. Is that Mexican or it's South American, isn't it? I don't it's like, know. I always fuck this up. I which love I, given how many Latinos I, I date, I should try I think to get this right. Argentinian or something. I don't know. They have them at that Argentinian restaurant, is the reason I suggest that. Not because I have any actual knowledge of Cultural food. literacy <laughs> right. with Eric Shaw Quinn. What have I learned from restaurants I can walk to? Right, from menus that I can remember. Andrea Norwood, 
I request that they talk on classic books and movies. Eric, go. <laughs> Should we talk over them? <laughs> yes. She wants us to go to screenings of Casablanca and talk incessantly in the front row. What's I... that hat about? <laughs> What is this, the 40s? Wouldn't that be great yeah. to do that sort of answer back at the screen like people do at horror movies, yeah. but do it at classic film screenings? Yeah. Get her! What happened to your eyebrows, Joan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, talk on... And what about classic books? What are we going to do to classic books? <clears throat> Aside from put them all online and charge 99 classic cents for them. Classic movies. I don't know. That's a really interesting... I've, I've really been taken recently with the... um. The notion that I, I forget some article I was reading just recently, but it, it reminded me. I've been thinking that the the explosion of interest in things like the Avengers or um, the the the, the X Men movie that's out this week or whatever, and there's the the tendency to be dismissive of that as being sort of popular culture mm -hmm. or or always talking with my nephew about this, who's a, a big um, Comic Con kind of guy, mm -hmm. and uh, at twelve <laughs> and. Uh, and I, you know, I was saying that it really, I think that these, the movies have more in common with the Oristia, with really the classics. Like, mm -hmm. what are the the planes of the ancient plays of the ancients really about? But superheroes, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, the gods and the the prophecies yeah. and all of this. It's very much a sort of technological revisiting of those giant mm -hmm. spectacles that used to draw people to the festivals in Athens and Rome and in more ancient times. And I think we've sort of given them their best presentation yet. Yeah. I mean, when we have a deus ex machina in, uh, in, in modern movies, it's way more than just a rolling pageant wagon with mm -hmm. um, some thunder being made in the wings. Okay. Oh, here we go. No, but you just you hurl. made me think of it, and I was thinking this the other day. I'm not going to vomit yet, but we spend so much time on this show talking about what we don't like or what we thought didn't work that we should every now and then talk about something we like, and we both like this to the same degree, and it's Penny Dreadful on oh, Showtime. Oh, my God. And we have to talk about how much we love this show. And after our show is over, you can watch it. It yeah. comes on on Sundays, so it, it's something to watch after the dinner party we, show. We repeat the show but, for 24 hours and have a free podcast also. Wow, but but it's listening live that really that really is. It the, makes our nipples hard wanna, when you listen you live. You don't want to miss it that. It does. So, Make yeah. our nipples hard. And they have plenty of repeats of Penny Dreadful, but uh, what a brilliant realization of that whole sort of reinvention of that gothic horror. Yes. Um, it's Sam Mendes is the he's is one the of the executive, executive producers executive but the, producers. the guy whose name is really all over it is John Logan the screenwriter it's just and amazing. the director of the first few episodes was J.A. Bayona who I actually you were not a fan of his movie The Impossible about the Asian tsunami but I actually thought it was very well made I didn't think it was very well written or a great story or per interesting se. Or... but I thought it was interesting <laughs> it was a survival story and you hate survival stories you were like why were you outside to begin with come inside I have cookies and tea that is not what I said <laughs> <laughs> in any um, case, it anyway. is really a brilliant show. It took me a while to convince Christopher to watch it, as with saw, all television programming. Well, when you hear the pitch for it, it sounds graceless. Like, oh my God, a show that's going to wrap Frankenstein and Dracula and all these different things into the same show. What are they going to do? I thought it was going to be wink, wink. 
you know, it's really referential. I mean, I was thinking as you were saying that about the Avengers that that I, I agree in spirit, but I think the Avengers is almost like a deconstruction of those essential elements because it's so sort of sarcastic and self-conscious. I enjoy the movie immensely, but the times when it's done with sincerity are getting fewer and fewer. Yeah, I think that is true, the, the non-ironic version yeah. of... Absolutely. Of the approach to I mean, people, classicism. I remember having a conversation with my close personal friend, Bill Condon, the director of uh, the last <laughs> two Twilight movies and Gods and Monsters. But he was saying when he worked on Chicago that it was everyone was saying, oh, musicals are big because of Moulin Rouge. Well, that really wasn't the case. Moulin Rouge was about it's sort of a musical, but we're going to wink, wink at you every time we start singing. And all the songs are really contemporary. There were all these things that made it easier for a modern audience rather than just having characters yeah, burst into song. Yeah, it was more song. pastiche than musical. Yes, exactly. It was very much a sort of com- compilation of modern tunes. It had more to do with glee yes. than it did with a musical. Absolutely. People singing popular tunes. But Absolutely. One of my favorite movies. My God, I love that movie. But yeah, if you haven't seen Penny Dreadful, make it your business. It is really well worth the effort. It is phenomenal. And they have finally found a part that Eva Green, isn't yes. that her name, actually can play. I mean, there was, some, there was wow. a performance in the second episode that literally blew me off the sofa. She's incredible in this. Everybody is. I, I'm really, I'm, I, I'm excited to see. And it's incredibly, it's 45 minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. so you're always like, it's over and you're like, wait, don't get yeah, one yeah, more yeah. thing. Wait, right, come back, right, come back. Right, right. I is. always want more, always, whenever it happens. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's really a fun show. So, absolutely. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another short break here on the Dinner Party Show for a ridiculous word from one of our ludicrous sponsors, and then we'll be back to wrap up this edition of You're the Guest. Already? You're so close to your sofa. Life got you down? Tired of all those pesky regulations? Is the liberal nanny state establishment infringing on your constitutional right to do whatever the hell you feel like? Are a bunch of bleeding hearts worried about murdered school children trying to deny you the right to buy and use weapons of mass destruction? Sounds like it's time you got away to Somalia! With no effective national government for decades, Somalia offers the kind of haven true mavericks like you keep saying you're looking for. Who needs roads, healthcare, or law enforcement? No one here will try to prevent you from owning a machine gun. In fact, we encourage you to carry one at all times. Because when there's a problem here in Somalia, you're on your own. From the sparkling ruins of the former capital to the dark post-apocalyptic wasteland stretching on as far as the eye can see, Somalia beckons to those like you yearning to break free of the bondage of a social safety net and working infrastructure that is keeping you from living up to your potential. If you're tired of a strong central government and the running water, electricity, and civil order that implies, then Somalia is just what the doctor ordered. (laughs) Only kidding, we don't have doctors or taxes because there's nothing to pay for. Just an opportunity to scratch out a subsistence living while you avoid the roving bands of thugs and terrorists who are taking full advantage of our extreme free market opportunities. So, if you think you'd be better off with a government small enough to drown in a bathtub, come to Somalia and be free of government and bathtubs! Somalia! 
Somalia have hurt people who think government is the problem but who have no idea what that really means. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And so we're here to wrap up this special edition of You're the Guest here on The Dinner Party Show. And uh, next week we will be... What the fuck is... More of this? Are you kidding? Could somebody lock the door? Ugh. She needs Cubist no sound, but it's broken to moon. Now he sounds like he's from Tennessee. Then she needs such a moan with her whole attitude, her head felt toward him, and he felt a hot moisture against his right hand. Your mother, or should I say I, Anrugular, knows how to write quite racy corn. That was Carol Channing reading the claiming of Sleeping Beauty. It was Carol Channing, but Carol Channing is apparently from every state in the South. Carol said right at the beginning that it was Carol Channing. Oh, she said it was Carol Channing. I think Carol Channing did you think sounds I just more made like it? me. Did you think I just made that up? Yeah, I, you make shit up all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I just want everybody to know that aquamarine are my favorite shades of sequins. Really? There's one of the questions from the Facebook people. Ivy Lee asks, "What are our fa- what's your favorite had, shade of sequins? I had an entire tuxedo for the Memnock Ball, a big party my mother threw years ago, made out of red sequins. Do you want to know oh. who made it for me? Ivy Lee? No, Bianca Del Rio, the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, which I don't watch. But that's another question from one of our party people. Do we watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and are we fans? And the answer is I I've have never, never seen, seen the, the show. show. It might be. I love RuPaul. I've never seen I'm not a big reality show person. Um, uh-huh. So it's never really like which was great because we were not remotely obligated to comment on the huge controversies connected to the show this season. Were there controversies? RuPaul was asked to stop using terms like tranny and shemale. He had a sketch called a sketch called You Got Shemale in the in the uh, in the uh, show, and they stopped doing it. They discontinued it. It was hmm. an interesting, and we don't have to comment on it now. I don't know what the face is about. You I, seem tired. I just, I, it's one of those, like, I always feel like if women aren't offended by drag, nobody else really gets to say anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think women and their relationship to drag are proof of what good sports they really are. <laughs> It's a whole culture designed to make fun of women. Like, and, yeah. it's really all about sending women up. So, like, if women aren't pissed, I don't see that anybody else gets to complain. That's really true. I My friend used to tell this story about at the Halloween costume ball in New Orleans that they have. It's a big gay circuit party. That there was a, a man there um, dressed as just a sort of ordinary-looking woman. And he, Some bag of fries. And he went, no, other joke. <laughs> no, as an ordinary-looking woman. <laughs> And my friend walked up to him and said, who are you? And he said, I'm my mother. And he handed him a picture of his mother, and he had literally just dressed as his mother. Not Diana Ross, not Mariah Carey, not Eric Shaw Quinn, just his mother. 
Are you so still I'm being counted as one of the women <laughs> that one might dress as? My other mother, Eric Shockland. I see. So um, do you want to explain that joke you just tried to make? It's a nice way to remind people that tickets for the Lestat Coronation Ball are on sale. And we'll be in attendance, and we were on the phone discussing... <laughs> possible costuming and I said well I, I I don't think I could just go as a bag of fries and Christopher apparently that image of me dressed if as a bag of fries at the Lestat Ball at the just... Lestat Ball that's the key like if you've ever been and you've seen that the costumes are uniformly high gothic elegant ornate classy vampires and if you can imagine Eric's bright smiling face in a bag of french fry costume <laughs> moving through that crowd you will become with as a unhinged with a little ketchup on my head with a little ketchup on your head <laughs> apparently that's the I can't yeah. handle it I just can't handle it I just can't handle it Next week, we are going to have a float in the West Hollywood Gay Pride Parade, which is actually I'm called the L.A. Pride so Parade, by the way. incredibly excited. But what we're going to do here is that the parade runs before the show. It runs Sunday morning. So we have a famous documentary filmmaker, Emily Ernestine, will be chronicling our week of prep and our parade experience. And then we'll have a special report at our usual showtime, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right? That's where we live. Eight Eastern, five PM Pacific. Pacific. Yes. I did it. Did I do it right? Yeah, no, you got it. I you did it right. It. Congratulations. Yeah, and so that all of the, the, the all of our correspondents, Christopher and yeah, I, and all Jordan of the correspondents, Jordan Ampersand be, is going to be really pivotal. He's coordinating, yeah, putting he's the coordinating whole, some the actual, up. you know, putting I the float together. I think this is going to be so. his make good for all he's done wrong for us. I think he's well, really. I trying think to... you're e- more easily. Um, uh, ameliorated than I am. Um, Also, I think it's worth noting that in addition to a documentary by, it's a famous documentarian. Emily Ernestine. Ernestine, She did an Oscar-nominated documentary called Be Free, My Parakeet. Yeah, based on a, a, a... uh, Maya Angelou, uh, yes, a little-known Maya Angelou little known. poem, I think. Maya Angelou yeah. poem, yeah. Uh, so in addition to um, the, our wonderful new documentary about our detailing our float experience, uh, tomorrow is Todd Barcelo's birthday. Oh, Todd Barcelo. Uh, this our, just in. Our listener from the Philippines, Todd Barcelo. So it may to... already be his birthday. It may, it actually. May, I think it is tomorrow in the Philippines, isn't it? It is. It's tomorrow in the Philippines. <laughs> All our right. new musical. Uh, we got to stop our show because Gay Car Talk is next here on TDPS.com. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with this car? <laughs> Just turn off the radio. <laughs> All right. So next week we've already bored you with talk of our Pride special. And uh, we want to thank you for being the guest on tonight's Thanks special. Thanks for being Just our guest of honors. Eric is already getting up and out of his chair right. so that he can go take a nice long I've winter's nap. I've already started nap. washing the tea things. And I'm still Christopher Rice, and I'm on my way to the gym. And I'm still Eric Shaw Quinn. And we love you, our party people. Say something clever to close the show, because I'm out of stuff. Thanks for listening. Shit.
to a marvelous party. 